Welcome back to Apollo City Comics. I'm Brandon Blockstorf. And I'm Alex Batts. And hey, we're here, the Anything and Everything comic book podcast. Uh, and, and so, you know, we got to review some stuff. We got to talk about some things. We don't do a lot of trending stuff. I'm not really a trender. Uh, I can't keep up with trending things, to be honest. It's, are you it's, are you a trendy? I mean, like, kind of. It's hard. And it also is impossible. Like, you're never going to be able to, like, keep up with all the stuff that's coming out. Like, I swear to God, there's, like, 50 shows this year that have come out that I like and behind on, you know? And then it's also not really, especially when it comes to, like, content stuff and, like, making content, like, it's so easy to just instantly be behind on stuff. So, like, it's not really, I don't think, the best thing to kind of be like, oh, I'm going to try to make trending content all the time. Like, I don't understand the people that are able to do, like, daily, like, stuff and just, like, constantly, like, cover, like, everything. That, like, it's intense. It's it's very intense. Well, that's the biggest factor on why I don't do it, too, yeah. because everybody does it. <laughs> yeah, that's, all, I mean? that's another thing, too, yeah. I, I'd rather just, you know, talk to you guys about stuff that, like, really captures our interest. And it's the times we do a trending kind of video or episode of any sort it's it's with good reason the last one we did was james gunn's announcements and i felt like that was like a thing to talk about i felt like that was a a big epic thing and i was very fucking hyped and pumped for a lot of those announcements because i am a grant morrison fanboy and that was very grant morrison from what we were seeing up there yeah it was and yeah yeah <laughs> um and so i mean this one ah spider-verse dude so I can't. E I'm breath. I can't even fucking talk about it. It's, you know what I mean? It's uh, that we should. Good. I guess we should say spoiler warning at the f onset. I mean, I'm sure we'll say it in like the title or description, but um, yeah. It. Dude. So if you haven't seen it, what are you doing? Go see it. But yeah. it, it, like to be honest. Also, uh, just be warned. We're gonna be talking about it like in depth. Um, yeah, this movie is ridiculous. Like one of my friends had seen it before release. And he kept on, like, hyping it up and was like, oh, my God, this movie is, like, unbelievable, you know, and the way that he was talking about it. I was like, okay, like, I'm expecting it to be good. But also, I mean, the whole time, like, I love Into the Spider-Verse so much. I literally watched that movie, like, nightly, basically. Like, and so I was, like, worried that it, I didn't know how you could possibly do it again, especially do it better. And you know, everyone kept on hyping it up. And then I watched it. And my friend had said... He, that after the credits rolled, one of the first things that he thought was that might be the greatest movie I've ever seen. And I swear to God, the credits rolled on this movie. And I was like, son of a bitch, that might be the greatest movie I've ever seen. It's so it's unbelievable. It's such a good experience all the way through. And just so, like it's operating on every level and inventing new levels and breaking the levels. And it's just it's it's so good. I like I can't. I can't believe this movie exists and I'm so happy that it does like, you know, uh, seeing going back to the first one real quick, the first one was definitely just like a hands down top favorite, but, and I, I think I bought the movie right when it came out and I had it on Apple TV, but mm -hmm. my TV or my Apple TV didn't broadcast in 4k. So I was like, I'm not watching this. Oh, yeah, it's no. like the yeah, clearest yeah. fucking picture I could ever get. You know what I mean? It's one of those movies like it, you can't watch it on a shitty TV. You can't watch it like on like how we could have watched movie. You can't watch it like 20 years ago. You know what I mean? A VHS version of this would not do this movie justice at all. And uh, I waited until like my roommate and I upgraded our TV. And I just rewatched the first movie um, for the first time, I think, since I saw it in theaters. I think I saw it twice in theaters, okay, maybe nice. three times. I was so hyped about it. Um, 
and I was just like, damn, I remember all of this. And I was like, it's so good. Like all of it just still hit so well. And I was still blown away by how it was crafted. And I was like, so I guess we're just going to get this, but in the next one. And what this does on like a scale of, especially when you're making a sequel, you know what I mean? And it just blows up so high and it surpasses all expectation of storytelling, of visual storytelling, of a comic book movie, of what you can do with comics in general, dude. Like the Mitch, you know, doing that mixed media type of approach. Uh, like if you, when you see that in comics, it's always a lot of fun. Like when you have a new artist on every single page and stuff like that, that's always like one of the coolest things. And but like mixed media stacked on mixed media is a different thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you have like an artist drawing here and then right. Someone else is doing the background and someone else is adding color and someone else is adding little different. It, it, that's what it would be. It would be a, com a comic book that everybody worked on every page. That's what this movie is. And it just, it breaks the barriers of what you can do with art. I feel. Yeah. It just, it's so ridiculous. Like just a perfect example of that. You look at spider punk, where he looks completely different than every background that he's up against, except like his own, whenever you see a brief glimpse of that. But then also within him, his guitar is one, the lighting on it is all different and so are the textures, but then it's also animated at a different frame rate from the rest of his body. And then his hair is animated at a different frame rate from those two things and also has different textures and lighting. And all of that also changes, like depending on where he is, of course. And you have that for like every character and then you have that for every world and the way that the worlds all are brought to life and rendered is in such unique and varied ways that it's just amazing to see the entire time like Gwen's Gwen's world is definitely my favorite but I don't know if you've seen the clip where Hanley Steinfeld was saying that basically the way they described it to her was that uh, her world was basically going to look like a mood ring, like the backgrounds and oh. stuff would be like. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, as soon as you hear that, you're like, yeah, that, that's it. That's it. Um, and it just makes perfect sense. And that's literally, you see that on screen. And it's just so visually captivating the whole time. And it also really does like inform the story so much and so completely. And yeah, they, it's ridiculous. And also, like you were saying, the comic book side of things, like they really do embrace the fact that it's a comic book movie on multiple levels. One, visually, of course, they're able to do things. And they did this in the first one to great effect. And it's part of the reason that I think a lot of people really connected and loved the first one so much, especially praising it as a comic book movie, is the fact that they literally, how they utilize paneling and like the different effects to do that. And then like text and speech bubbles and stuff like that is very like direct and obvious and like super, super cool to see. But then also you can tell that through and through, this is made by people who really understand and appreciate the history of everything yeah. that's been here. Like they understand Spider-Man and Spider-People and all of these characters and everything that's gone on like so innately. And the movie has so much to say about that and it says it so well and it's such an interesting story that's just also something we haven't seen before and is on a ridiculously in a ridiculous scale and also so like emotionally personal and grounded at the same time. And it's also paced incredibly and the music is so good. I literally, I don't, oh, man. I, I don't know how this movie exists. <laughs> like, Dude. Yeah. Like let, let's back it up a little bit. Let's yeah. uh, like spider punk for one, mm -hmm. you know, 
um, very different from what we get in the comics. Uh, yeah, I haven't I read. read I, I haven't read any Spider Punk stuff, so I don't really know. Um, so on my research end, I did. Uh, there's a five issue miniseries, mm. um, uh, and it's, it's Spider Punk. It's the only five issue miniseries that he has. I think it came out in 2022, I believe. Um, cool stuff. He lives in like a punk rock esque universe. It's Captain Anarchy instead of Captain America, mm. and like. Um, I forget the other names off the top of my head, but, uh, I mean, like everyone has like Mohawks. It's like super, uh, like against the cops and all this cool stuff. Um, Oh, uh, Taskmaster. It's, he's like one of the villains, but he has the misfits going him. And it's, it's, and he even has like a devil lock haircut and everything. It's super cool. Like it's fun homage stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And every issue kind of ends with like, like they're, they're like pulling a quote almost. And they're just like, you know, shouting and stuff. And, it's it's a lot of fun. I read it in a day. Like it was just a fun series to blast through. Yeah. But to be honest, what they did in Spider Verse and how they recrafted that character, um, and redesigned him and kind of gave him a, a different type of personality because he's not like the the British London, um, like you know, anarchist like speech. You know what I mean? Where oh, he's just yeah, like yeah. anti this and then, you know, capitalism and what. Dude, that fucking scene where the thing, uh, the spot is blowing up and he's like, it's a metaphor for capitalism. That got me so fucking hard. <laughs> that was just like so yeah. brilliant. Um, but I feel like the Spider Verse um, film version really made Spider Punk super cool. Like, I, I think if I would have seen Spider Punk, I've seen Spider Punk all over the place and, you know, I ran a punk rock themed anthology. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, it looks cool. But I was like, it probably ain't. Probably it's probably whatever. And honestly, like if I would have just read this and been like that Spider Punk, it's kind of whatever to be honest. Like, yeah. but seeing the Spider Verse version, I was like, yeah, this is this is the Spider Punk we need and want. And I would love to hear and see and check out more of this character. Um, and he did so much for the film, and he dropped so many hints from like, you know, kind of like the Apollo City Comics way with this whole like uh, Kickstarter and the whole anthology. It was just DIY, and for him to be like yo, you're relying on these people to, like, you know, have one of these? He's like, why don't you just make one yourself? Yeah. And that line in the movie, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, that, that, not only do you know Spider-Man, but, like, you know punk rock. Yeah. Like, it, it, that's, that's the thing. Every character had rooted history, and it made sense. And I, I felt connected to Spider-Punk, and I felt like seeing him and what he represented and all that type of stuff, all that over-the-top, just, like, over-the-top punk rock shit. You know what I mean? Um, it was so brilliant. It was the best way to poke fun, but also bring attention to you and stay loyal at the same time. Like I, his, and visually, like I, they even say in the movie, like, how do you look cooler? Like you know, <laughs> under the knees of mask. You know? And also the, his um, response, I was this cool the whole time is like an all time movie mm-hmm. line. That's so good. That, and also I hate the, a, the AM, I hate the PM. Like, come on, dude, it's too clever. Um, yeah, he's amazing. And also he's definitely been one of the like blow up characters i think from the movie everyone has been freaking out about him from what i've seen everyone loves him he's definitely been a huge like fan favorite i feel like that's pretty much all the characters because they're all done so well though like as you were saying it's every character does feel so grounded and they also feel so it sounds kind of redundant to say but they all feel so in character you 100% understand where everyone is coming from the entire time like, there's no confusion about where anyone is on their arcs. Like, you understand what's happening. The conflict is very clear and also very good because you could very clearly see all the sides and you're like, oh, this just sucks. This is not a good thing that's happening. And, yeah, everyone just benefits from that. 
and it's just it's amazing i think that um it's just so impressive to see how they're able to juggle all of that and still achieve the scale that they do it's like you were saying earlier as a sequel it blows things up to a ridiculous proportion and of course the marketing has been super focused on hey this has every Sparta person you can imagine in it, you know, mm -hmm. like that's the thing that they show. But also I love that that's what the marketing focused on because there was, it allowed them to not really say what the movie is about before we got to experience oh, I was, it. I was kind of clueless to what this yeah, which is, be about. I think is so like, good. And it allowed it to just rip our hearts out, which is awesome. <laughs> well, that, that's literally like what you need in a superhero movie because, and I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have our own debacle about this at some other point, but like, when I saw the trailer for Batman versus Superman, I was like, oh, fuck, they're showing a lot in this trailer. And then I went in to watch the movie and it was a checklist of the trailer. And ever since that, I've kind of like paid attention, you know, whenever I watch a trailer and I'm like, I hope they're not showing too much where I had that same feeling like when I saw BVS. And a lot of movies, a lot of superhero movies especially, just show you way too much and they reveal too many things and they're just like, no, leave us with some mystery. Leave us with like some want and some intent and like be like, I, I want to be surprised in the movie. I don't want to see a checklist of characters and I feel like that's what they're starting to do with these flashpoint promos too. At this point, uh, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's rough stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I'm hearing rough stuff about it. But it, and it's like you know when you go into a movie being like, okay, I have a general idea. It's fucking Spider Man. There's some multiverse multiverse stuff going on, and uh, clearly like he's kind of up against. It looks like he's up against this whole multiverse version of himself. You know. Yeah. But you don't know anything about the spot. And that oh, yeah, you know nothing. Such you just see him briefly way. in like the trailer, mm -hmm. but yeah, you don't know. Any, we don't know anything. Um, I also I love that this is Low Key Quinn's movie. Uh, well, that was that was the thing I, I was going to point out too. Which yeah, also like, you like, don't realize like it's more of a Gwen movie at a certain point. I too, mean, it, like, it is. So I actually I was able to convert a friend's opinions on this movie a little bit because uh, after they saw it, they were like, "It's really cool," but also. It's not like it's like half a story, you know, it, like that, which like sucks. And I've seen a lot of people say that also like the general conceit is you ha like going and you have to accept that you're not going to be getting like a full story when you go into here, which is sort of a, a, there are valid po points to that argument that we'll talk about more later. But I think that this movie is Gwen's movie. Like there's a reason that it opens and closes with Gwen. Like that, like she's the bookend here and she's the one who goes on a very clear arc that you can see and like that gets set up in the very beginning and resolved by the like at the very end it's just all yeah out of everyone you're totally correct the biggest character arc because miles even though he did have an arc it was real almost minimal to like his change it was you know? more it was just becoming more open it's with, like accepting his family and like their love it's just that um, miles just goes through the natural progression of what he was already doing in the first movie Yes, it's just like yeah. the more grown-up version of the problems that he had in the first one, which is good, and it escalates that in a very and also very unique ways for Miles, which is a whole different thing. But this one does very like this is Gwen's movie from like as far as the protagonist character arc, and it's just also something that expands on what's going on with Miles and the larger story there, and then does also brilliant. I think this is probably like one of the best cliffhangers I've seen um it it's 
it's so good. I thought it was super satisfying. Like, yeah, of course, cliffhangers are like, oh, my God, I'm so mad. I want to see the next part immediately. But that's what makes a good cliffhanger. And so... Well, I mean, it's like it's almost like what they did with Dune, where they had to split the book. Yeah. Two, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, do you want a fully fleshed out story that'll make sense and it'll make you wanting to come back? Um, dude, okay, look at the end of Empire Strikes Back. I mean... That movie ends on a pretty heavy cliffhanger. Vader's Luke's dad. Yeah. Like, what's happening with the rebellion? Like, nobody won. In fact, we lost. Like, what's going to happen from here? This, I mean, I mean, this was a very well set up because they were setting up parts of this cliffhanger that sets up the next movie within it. And again, if we're talking about a comic book movie that we want to see like a like continuity or volume one, two, and three of, this makes sense for it you know transitioning to this next part of the story you know yeah. there's there's different uh, players now involved that you now have obstacles with and it, it was fluid it wasn't a forced or you didn't feel cheated that something didn't get resolved that was introduced at the beginning of this film yeah and it also i think it helps too and i know this won't won't be the case for everyone who sees the movie but the fact that it was initially called part one you know um so like we knew going oh, in, yeah, that's right. Like yeah, it was across the Spider Verse Part One when it was first announced. So we knew the, from the onset that this was something that was going to not wrap up within one movie. I say we. That's why I know that isn't the case for everybody. Um, but so I think that definitely helped my viewing thing. There is definitely I think a point where even if you don't know going in, it's a part one of a story or like technically a part two of three, but you get what I'm saying that yeah. there's definitely a point in the movie where you're going to be like, I know roughly how long I've been in here. And I know that not all of this is going to get resolved by the end of this movie. Like Dude, there's no I way that same way. Cause there was a point, like at a certain point I was like, damn, this is, this is a long movie though. Like this is for sure going on. Whenever for he and like, when we hit that like transition to earth 42, I was just like, no fucking way. Yeah, like, it's exactly not another 30 minutes going on <laughs> yeah, with this no. shit. You know, you're <laughs> like, there's no way. Um, which that whole sequence is done so well. I noticed that it said whenever he first gets put in the machine and it scans him, and it, I noticed that it put Earth 40, 42 on there. But I, for some re I am just so used to subconsciously associating 42 with Miles because it's been throughout the first movie, anyways, that I didn't think twice about it. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, he's going to get sent back. And I didn't think about the fact that obviously that's not his Earth. But then, of yeah. course, like whenever he gets there, I am. I did notice the coloring. The coloring on his jacket is so good. The like prowler colors mm -hmm. whenever he puts it on, and then also Rio's eyes are green on Earth Forty Two. I noticed that in my second, mm. like watch. Yeah, which I was like watch. I was looking at it and I was like, oh my god, they're green right now, and I'm pretty sure that they're not normally, which they are not. Um, and yeah, it it's it's ridiculous. I love it. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, I love that that setup. I love that segue into like just revealing more about it and you know when you're opening up you know a a plot b plot c plot like this was a perfect c plot that none of us really saw like coming that was in great importance and that's how you want to hit it hard with those because that's going to be your a plot for the next film yeah you know overcoming that and getting through it and we'll see where we go from there um i think you know gwen in general like you know kind of going back to her real fast oh, like of course her her growth and abilities like you i love how they make you upset at gwen like i love how like what she does and you are kind of like miles like dude what the fuck like why why is this and like why are you uh, you know pertaining to these people and you're also supposed to kind of hate um miguel O'Hara. oh uh, absolutely yeah 
like that i love that aspect of like oh we're the good guys but they're kind of authoritarian without realizing it um that whole chemistry with the spider-man really fascinating to me um what do you think about all that yeah that stuff once i like finish on the gwen thing i yeah it is really it's just so good that you do feel upset with her but it still goes back to your where you also do totally understand where she's coming from on that you're like oh well i get it like I see what you're going through and I know why you're making these decisions, but also this just sucks, Gwen. Like, come on, please yeah, don't like, do this. She can't go home. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you just remember that, like she literally just can't go home and her having to face that within like the movie and face her dad. So dude, good. that was, that oh, was I so cried. good. And I cried so both hard. times. Literally the, oh, yeah. the, whenever they, after they bought battle vulture and they have the showdown, you know, and they have the like old West standoff basically. And, you know, she unmasks and is talking to him and everything. And I knew it was coming the whole time. But he goes, you have the right to remain silent. I was like, oh, I can't. I can't take this. Yep. Like, um, yeah, dude, it was fucked. Yeah. It was just that hurt. That hurt so bad. That's... And he just, I love being revealed her origin, too. Because I don't know much about, um, I would say Gwenpool. Uh, I don't know much about Spider-Gwen yeah. at all. Um, I don't, like, I don't even, have, I've never read the actual Spider-Verse books. I have a fucking thick ass trade of the very first Spider Verse. Mm -hmm. Like I know there's now, um, I think Edge of the Spider Verse, which is a more recent one yeah. um, that came out. But uh, I still got to read that actual one. But I've never it's, read, so I've never read anything about Gwen. It's okay. I can't lie. It's not. It's not the best. The movies are so much better as a Spider Verse okay. story. Well, <laughs> especially because I mean, there's that's some like what you almost want. Like you kind of want these movies to be better than the comics yeah. and it's, it's a hard thing to do because they clearly can't do it very often. <laughs> but when you do and you fall in love with the character on screen and you can't even resonate it within the comics, like that's how you know you've broken something that you've done something so well. Like you've been like, oh, I can't top a comic book creator. Yeah. That's, uh, I saw someone tweet out. They were like, spider verse proves that, uh, the Spidey comics can just take a break for a few years like the the these movies got it it's fine <laughs> yeah honestly yeah. um yeah but yeah because uh, i'm hearing bad stuff about the the current run i've heard a lot of mixed reviews about the current spider-man run yeah no and... it's uh it, it's also a big yikes on a couple different a <laughs> couple different levels um yeah no but all the gwen stuff is great but talking about the um so the main i'd say the main like moral conflict in the story the whole spider society and like what they're about and Miguel specifically and, and the canon events and everything. So these are, this thing is incredibly interesting and I have to admit, I've been a lot of annoyed about some of the takes that I've been seeing in regards to this. Cause I think a lot of people are like missing the point. So one of the things that people immediately started saying was like, um, Oh, like, Peter or like hundreds or thousands of Peters or whatever would like never go along with like something like this. Like they'd be like, yeah. this is wrong. And like, okay, like that misses the point on like a couple of levels. Like one, the movie does explain like why they would go along with it very well. Like it literally presents the classic like trolley car problem. And it also, Miguel's argument breaks down to with power with great power comes great responsibility it's literally putting other people above yourself like that is what his whole argument breaks down on whether or not his argument is based on like truth and fact and if that is how things need to be and the only way for things to be is 
to be seen. And spoiler alert, obviously it's not going to be the only way. Like we're going to get a resolution at the end of the third movie mm-hmm. that goes against this. Like he's clearly being set up to be in the wrong here. But the way the movie yeah. presents it, it's very clear why all of these spider people would be on board with this. Also, he chooses the people that come into the spider society, so likely they've all experienced canon events and gone through things and would understand his reasoning that he lays out. Um, like, Dude, the canon event aspect, I yeah. thought that was a pretty like okay. solid thing. So, like, the whole, like, these Peters wouldn't go with it thing, like, in-universe one doesn't really track because, like, it lays out why they would, especially everyone that's there. Like, I think there's a couple different arguments you can use that, like, posit why it does work. And then also, like, on a metatextual level, like, no, Peter Parker can't go against a canon event. He is the canon. Like, it, like the whole thing and one of the big, I think, messages of the movie is the fact that, Pe- like, Peter Parker and his existence is the canon. And the only thing that can go against that and the thing that does successfully go against that is something new and is Miles. Miles is the one, like he's the reason that it's able to be different. And we see that literally in the comic books and the fact that like how he has been. And so like you have that whole element from it. And then you also like on another level have Miguel and the harsh, like, no, you are an anomaly. You cannot exist. Definitely represents the worst elements of the spider, like the fandom that we've seen and the response to miles since his existence of people being like, he's not Spider-Man. He can never be Spider-Man. Like, He's not like just completely discrediting the character. Like that's another level that it's working on. And like, there's just so many different aspects I think that are like at play here and so many very interesting things. And even if you work on the in universe thing, like it's a classic trolley car problem, which like we don't have an answer for There's a reason that's like the thought experiment that's gone on forever. Like there's so many fascinating angles to it. And I think it is working on so many different levels. And I think there's a lot of interesting things there and that it does them all really, really well. And it's ridiculously impressive, honestly. Dude, I, I didn't even think about that like exterior response of, you know, the fans being backlashed against miles and everything. And that's very true. That's, that just made that movie people so still do like that's how people still are they're like miles isn't spider-man and like straight up miles is spider-man for this generation of like peter parker is not for the kids growing yeah. up now it's miles like the kid is it and for good reason he fucking rocks like he's so cool yeah, no. like it, it, it's the thing about like i mean it dude i love batman beyond I oh, same. I love Batman Beyond. Like, uh, can... Terry McGinnis is... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, fucking... You, I, and also, like, I'm, I'm also a Spider-Man fan, as you can yeah. tell. I've had my little spider, like, men set up since we fucking... I started putting up my new... I have a Spider-Man back ben there somewhere. And then I got that. fucking Batman Beyond right here. And, there, I mean, I love Batman Beyond because, like, when you read the 2099 Spider-Man and then you go and watch Batman Beyond, it's the exact fucking same thing to almost to a T. Like, they just altered certain things, but, like, the design, the aspect, the set, all of it, it's fucking ridiculous how much Batman Beyond ripped off Spider-Man 2099. Which is so but, like, Yeah, it's still fucking great. But it's, like, I love having Terry. Mm-hmm. I think Terry being there is amazing, and I want more Terry. I want more Batman Beyond. And for some reason... Almost everybody fucking loves Batman Beyond, you know? Yeah. But, like, why are we so anti-Miles when he's... I feel like he's proven himself. I haven't even finished playing that DLC in the game, and I fucking love Miles. I have an answer to this question. 
That's because he's black and Mexican. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was gonna like, say it's racism. It's, it's just racism. Like, that's all it is. Like just, that's all it is. Like, and it's stupid because like as part, you know, I'm half Mexican. Like, I love seeing like a Mexican. That's why I love like Jaime Reyes, and it takes place in El Paso, where I'm from. And yeah, I want to see more shit like that because you know what. I mean, we just had this conversation um, on our last interview with Kevo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I said his name on Mexican, too. Uh, but, <laughs> like, i throw that but, flavor um, in there for... Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, it's, it's like when we write about, like, a gay, bi, or trans, like, characters, mm-hmm. it's like, these are people in our lives. Like, that's reality. Um, why would we exclude any of them? Yeah. And having Miles the way he is, growing up in... Dude, go to New York and tell me you don't run into somebody mixed-raced and whatnot. Like, yeah. They're not all fucking white just boys. Just white dudes. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So the movie is just operating like on so many different levels with that. And I think very, very directly does represent that. Like, I don't think that you can say that reading isn't there. It's very, it's very clear... And it and it does it in such a great way, and it's just like it's Miles being like, no, like I literally, I'm so glad it's become you know one of the iconic moments. But him being like, no, I'm gonna do my own thing, like, and just the way that he also, I still I get chills thinking about it now. Whenever he's talking to Rio, even though it's not the Rio that he knows, whenever he says like, I beat them all, the way that he stands up right there mm-hmm. and the score, yes. like, oh, it's so good, it's so good. Dude, You're like, hell yeah, knows, Miles. He dude. recognizes like his power and ability and what he just overcame. Yeah, and if all of us had that type of attitude after we, dude, you know me, like, it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy couple of months. And I still get like beat up over stuff when it's just like, if I just think about all the little victories I just had and fucking was like, you know what? No, I fucking, I fucking won. Like, this is it. This is how we should all be treating our own personal victories and being as proud as miles because like recognizing that is just like knowing that you are unbreakable and unstoppable. And that's, what's going to give you hope and courage and confidence, just like it gave him, um, and, you know, with every good thing, there's a big bad thing that always, like, occurs afterwards as well. Like, yeah. No, and I think that it it does. It's so sick because this movie really, going in with what we were talking about earlier, it's a, the natural progression of him as a character, just getting more of that confidence. And it also works to, he's the reason that Gwen is able to resolve her arc. She literally, it's wild because they're going through sort of the same thing in the beginning of this movie where they both obviously are missing each other, but Gwen is not okay in handling it. She's not being able, she can't socialize at all. She has little like anger issues that are very much like manifesting in her life and affecting it. And she just can't, she's having a hard time coping with it. And on the other hand, Miles like, yeah, misses her, but he's living a very healthy life. Like he's very much like he's struggling to balance, you know, his responsibilities, but it's not for lack of, He's not bummed about it or like, oh, no, this is terrible. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm just doing the best I can and trying to do all that I can, you know? And yeah, yeah. it's really, and he's the reason, and Gwen says it in the movie. She's like, anything, you can do anything. I learned it from Miles. Like, and that's, it's so perfect the way that that works. They both work off of each other in that regard and how the story is able to do that. Um, yeah, it's, there was something else that I was going to bring up, but I totally blanked on it. But I'll definitely, I'll remember it again before. No, before. that that type of deep cut, like, character building that they have going on in this movie, for as many characters as they have, and for you to sympathize and relate to, um, that's great. That's fucking insane. Because then you also have Miguel, um, who you start to really understand and really go into his, like, his own anger, his own hate, and his own, like, worry 
behind mm. everything like knowing he destroyed a universe like that was because of him and that like that hurts like fucking up that hard is gonna hurt you that's and i can't imagine that trauma it. like <laughs> Dude, and having a family like that he didn't have before all that type of stuff like that's people kind of overlook and like they question why is he so angry or they don't like think he would be that angry because he's not like that in the comics really like he has some temper um issues in the comics but they're not like anything like we see in the movie but what you get in the movie is just like a really broken guy that is just trying to avoid that happening to anyone else again yeah and in doing so i mean you're already fucking broken you're gonna be a little fucking mad at that point a little crazy and like kind of overbearing like a parental overbearing you know like a really strict fucking parent type of overbearing um aspect on life and i i think that's so cool how you can understand his fucking trap versus miles's freedom versus like gwen who's like pulled between the two because of her own strife because she can't go home but she wants to be with miles and she can't have miles because of the stuff that miles had created with the dimensional rifts which is what miguel was having it's this crazy circle also, of like understanding dude it's it's i've said ridiculous like 80 times in this podcast but it's just my go-to word now because i feel like it's a very it's good anyways um the fact that i've watched into the spider-verse I cannot begin to tell you how many times. And I have never once thought about the fact that the spider glitches. Like, that the spider that bites him glitches. Fuck, yeah, that's right. It does. And it does, we see it glitch multiple times in the movie. And I have never once thought about what that could possibly... Like, it just never... I was just like, oh, yeah... It's just there's this. I just thought because he was like radio, was like the spider. Yeah, yeah, the like spider or what? You just yeah. don't think about it, and then whenever that happened in this movie, I was like, oh my god, they just pulled. Well, it's an. It's, let's talk about the spot real fast too. You know, yeah, I mean? we've talked about Spider Punk. We've talked about Spider Gwen, and, and oh, also Spider Gwen. There's a lot of con uh, controversy, but a lot of talk that um, she's like a trans character. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious to what you think that could entail for her or if that's you know accurate so i think that one they'll unfortunately they will i don't think they'll ever textually say it one way or another uh and so i think that people like arguing about that fact is kind of un it doesn't lead anywhere i guess but i will say yeah. that definitely if people are able to take something away from this role in this character and all of this and find representation in that and find anything positive in that, there's absolutely no reason that I think anyone should say anything against that. Like I like if people will read her as trans, then I think that that's a completely valid thing. And I think that there definitely are things in the movie that I wish I admittedly didn't see at first whenever because I after I, I saw it. it, I started seeing the posts online. And I was like, okay, like I had, if there was stuff, I didn't see it, which makes sense. I'm not, I have not lived that experience and I'm not familiar, like I'm not as familiar with it, obviously. And so, um, I didn't see that, but I've seen people point things out and obviously be like, oh, there's this and this. Um, and so, yeah, I think that if people can find that reading in there, then obviously, like I, I say, obviously it's not obvious to some people, which is annoying, but I think more power to those people. And I think that it's a very awesome thing. And I think that it definitely can be read like i think that the movie like with the miles stuff is working on a very like metaphorical level of her arc is obvious is going to be the stand-in for the typical outsider feeling outcast that spider-man deals with like that's mm -hmm. 
always been a thing that's relatable in the Spider-Man metaphor, and you can apply that to a lot of different things. And I think that um, there's, of course, more that you can look for and read into there. There are straight up, I mean, uh, her dad has a trans flag above his badge. I know that she has a Protect Trans Kids poster in her bedroom, too. The color palette of her world in a lot of different times, I know people have pointed out as well. Uh, I have a friend that mentioned that they have a headcanon that uh, Peter, from that her Peter was trans, and that that was why. And so, like, there's a bunch... I think that there's... You could do a bunch of different readings, and I think all of them can work. Like I said, I don't think that they'll want one way or the other, like, confirm it in the text ever. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think that that's a totally, like, great thing. I think that anything that can bring more positivity is always good. Um, yeah, I think her being even just, like, as a supporter and giving that support to people, I think I felt like that might have been the best approach for them to do without like causing a bunch of controversy and oh having that controversy overshadow the message they're trying to send yeah and by just delivering that message in a simple way but like also adding like you said the color palette and like the the her dad having the flag and like the background elements i think that was like we have a very strong point here but if we declare her as this or if we demonstrate her as this that is going to stir up so much controversy that it's going to overtake what we're trying to share and give to you. So I think then by just giving and sharing the message in an effective fucking way, mm -hmm. you know, by making it very clear in a lot of instances and making you focus on the message more than like the facts of like the it's, world. It's you know also, I mean? again, to kind of talk about what we were talking about with the Kevo episode where it's like, yeah, also it doesn't really... Like there's, it's not like she's just gonna be randomly having a conversation with Miles and she'd be like, oh yeah, and just start like talking about it. Like it doesn't really, it's not that the movie needs to come out and like proclaim this. It's that yeah, that reading you can definitely see that there. They if mm -hmm. you see it, then like yeah, it, it's totally valid. Um, yeah, yeah, I love that. Like I, I I personally like think that's a great aspect and approach to it. Um, and so you know we talked about Miguel, um, Miles and the spot like mm -hmm. the villain of this film so fucking brilliant dude i, I loved it I, lo I don't know anything about the spot and i know i guess he is in the comics i didn't think he was in the comics at all to be honest um but i guess he is a comic book character but i love the design behind him because once you got into like the dimensional rifts and you start seeing the outline of like a character like, so good i was just like are those fucking like your basic drawing circles and like arms like cylinders and yeah. base layouts like i was like whoa that's that's a good idea like i loved it have you been seeing any of the posts from the like different animators and artists and everything that worked on the movie some of them some they're, of them. they're, they're all not on the spot they're also i saw i can't remember exactly what it was saying but i saw one on the spot where they were talking about that and like working through his design and the different iterations i've already ordered the art book can't wait for that to come out nice oh that's a good that's a good um, for sure but yeah his design is so sick i also don't i didn't know anything about him before this movie i'm not yeah. familiar with the spot from what i understand he's a kind of deep cut character and also not taken super seriously um, oh okay all right as far as i don't that bike also could totally be wrong on that um but yeah i mean i don't think he is a major player I, <laughs> yeah i can't I, I, like i keep up like fairly enough to know about what's kind of going on or characters coming out yeah like, you know more about the Red Goblin coming back more than you've ever heard about the spot, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think he was awesome. And I also think that he is... Okay, and this also... This goes into... And I wrote down a second ago because I remember the thing that I wanted to bring up. And it's to do with 
clone characters and um, antagonists and protagonists. And you already know about this because you listen to your storyteller, which is great. Um, but yeah, so because one of my friends was like, okay, I have a question. Would you consider um, Spot, Miguel, or like Prowl- Miles Prowler like more of the, a like nemesis for Miles? And I would say that it's definitely the Spot it fills the like antagonist nemesis role classically because like mile prowler miles i think obviously is a clone character of miles yes like mm-hmm. i think that's very like blatant he's miles down a different that, path and there's yeah you know there's a lot it's it's a very like unique clone character i think because it's literally him when a clone character is typically like somebody else like one of the other spider-verse characters probably is a would cl- have been the, yeah a clone character yeah and, but it's him it's not a different it they did it in a very interesting way which is awesome i think that, that mm-hmm. works really well but so he's obviously the clone character for him and will be a like antagonistic force but he i also would guess that he'll probably end up working with miles in that movie um but anyway so like he's a clone character and then miguel is not a clone character of miles but he's a clone character of peter b parker because he's mm. the bad mentor and he's what you get when you lose your family and instead of turning to hope and seeing that things can be better and that anything is possible because of the impact that Miles has, you instead don't have what Miles gave to Peter and then also Gwen and you go down the path of despair and go in this area. So like he's the bad mentor role for Peter B and then Spot fills the more classical antagonistic role, especially like in a nemesis thing, even down to like the creationist thing where like they feed into each other's origins like that's a very um deliberate thing too which is also just insane dude this movie his origin was so well because you know what when i was watching rewatching uh the first movie Mm -hmm. and that bagel toss um once i saw it again i was like fuck i remember that was like one of the best parts just like a fucking bagel toss i was like fucking hilarious little thing to toss in and then coming back to that and i just remembering i just laughed my ass off at that one minuscule second of a scene i was like oh you guys won me over yeah like you guys just chose the best way it is i wonder how far ahead they were with creating the story before shit started going down like yeah that's that's, what i think about because i'm like how much of this did you know and how much of this did you just were like oh we can connect this in a cool way like this would be cool you look at sandman and neil gate what neil gaiman did i know you haven't read a lot of sandman yet but there's like elements he places in volume one that like that's what volume two is about and then this one little panel from volume two or whatever like that's what volume three is about and it just keeps on. And then there's stuff in volume nine that connects all the way back to the beginning. And I'm like, was you, did you fucking know? <laughs> did you, like, did you know? Yeah. Like how I just tell me like, yes or no. I don't need to know anything else. Cause then I know how to write stories. I'm either going to write it all at once and fix it. Or <laughs> I'm going to just like, Oh, it'll all connect eventually, you know? Yeah. But it is overly brilliant. How all of that was just like, pulled off and her him even being like the the um boyfriend of uh the lady doc Ock and whatnot like oh yeah great. no it's all just they're able to tie everything together so well and make it so engaging throughout the pacing is also so good which is it's also the longest animated movie like ever i'm pretty sure um at least like the longest um i would say i American animated movie. I don't know if that's a necessary caveat, but I'm not sure. But I know it's like it's too Western. Yeah, Western. Western, Yeah, yeah. That's the more. (laughs) Um, But it um, 
yeah, because it's two hours and 20 minutes. Um, but it's paced super well. It slows down for, like, just the right amount of time in the right moments. And the action is ridiculous. Of course, the animation, like we talked about, is just straight-up unbelievable. The score, both the soundtrack and the original score, I've been listening to the original score a lot lately, and it's so good. I It's able to incorporate so many different motifs and themes and flip between them and blend them so, so well. And it's also incredibly impressive that I've seen the movie twice, right? So just two times, and I can listen to the score and know exactly what's happening based on what's going on, like what I'm hearing, just because it's so in tune with the movie. It's so a part of it and emotionally connected to it that I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what's going on here. Like whenever the, also the fact that Spider-Man 2099 has the same um, frequency as Prowler from the first movie, it's just at a higher pitch as opposed to a lower one. So whenever we see him for the first oh, time, yes. we get the audio yes. cue and we already associate him with billing a villain because Prowler was in the first movie. Oh, it's so good. But just the way that the score is used throughout the movie, everyone has their own theme. They're all used so well. I It just, it's so good throughout. I love getting these like guitar-esque like, like songs. Gwen's, for, uh, dude, oh. like they're so fucking good. And that like screech that... You just, oh, dude, it's so, I just want to learn how to play that and just fucking know what pedal they're fucking using to make those noises. Like, that shit blows my mind. It's, um, it's unbelievable. Oh, but animated movie, uh, longest one is definitely Into the Spider-Verse by a major studio, but the rest are fucking um, uh, anime movies. Oh, okay. Unless you count the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings, which is like a little over two hours. Mm-hmm. Um but uh that's that has rotoscoping in it so oh. it's not all and i mean it is all animated but but it's like different. it's yeah. a different type of yeah, yeah yeah it's still i don't know how they did it unbelievable display of artistry just on every level also the performances are so good we haven't even talked about that all of the entire voice cast is just ridiculous it's oh, so stacked. insane i it's it's Honestly, like it's funny to use the word, but all the voices are so animated within the film. <laughs> that is, yeah, have, it, like... it is funny, but that's the perfect descriptor because they are like. Uh, I I do, I don't know. I do. I think my favorite one, which we haven't discussed yet, we haven't even like mentioned at all, hmm. was uh, was Ben Riley. Oh really? Um, because I loved his animation in it. I love that like cartoony look that we finally got to get from him. Um, and Andy Samberg is fucking Ben Riley and just fucking making fun. A lot of people are really upset because they're doing our boy Ben wrong, but you know what? Dude, it was so fun of nineties comics. They're making fun of like, like just poking fun at shit. And it's the same way that like spider punk is poking fun at punk rock. You know what I mean? That's, that's what they're doing. They're almost parodies of what they're representing. Um, but dude is like, there was like a super serious moment and then just fucking Ben is just like flexing his bicep in the background and shit. And then just like fucking paying attention. And I was like, yes, that's what won me over. He's so little fucking, um, that, and we get to see Spider-Man Unlimited who isn't to be confused with Spider-Man 2099 because that's still Peter Parker, I believe. Um, and that's, that's Peter getting on a spaceship. Do you remember that Spider-Man Unlimited cartoon? Vaguely. Dude, it's 13 episodes. It came out like. I mean, I was, like, in fucking elementary, middle school or some shit. Um, so but I'm, it was almost like a continuation of that 92 Spider-Man series. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. It also, uh, this movie, 
understands how satisfying watching spider people web swing is. Oh, there fuck is yeah, it's always the best thing in the world. so much web swinging in this movie and so much satisfying choreography within that web swinging. And also the fact that in two sequences in this movie, the objective that the spider people have is to stop fall, like giant falling stuff from like hitting yeah. people. And the fact that it's able to make the two sequences so distinct and feel so fresh and exciting. And they literally have them back to back. Like they are the two. Actually, there's the spot fight is in between them that Miles has mm. kind of. So like there's that in between them, but like the f- there are two major set pieces that are like, it's the same thing. They have to stop the falling debris, but they're just on, well, wildly different scales and different settings, obviously, which helps, but they just, the fact that I didn't really think about them being the same type of sequence I, until- I didn't think about that till right now. I didn't think about it until the second time I was watching it. And then I was watching this and I was like, oh, wow, they, this is the second time that they're having to go and, you know, go after and stop the falling debris, you know, and save people. But it works. It's so cool and exciting. And they made each of them so different. And I don't, again, just, I'm continually impressed and just amazed by what they were able to pull off here. Yeah. And you know what? It got me to sit down and read some Spidey books and it got me to like kind of bounce back. I love, I love Spider-Man. I love a good Spidey comic and he's always been a favorite. I think part of drawn shit, one of my favorite, one of the things I want to be able to draw is like a bitchin' ass Spidey, you know? Um, and we have covered cool Spider-Man books on the show. We did, uh, uh spider-man rain which is one of my favorite spider-man books ever if you guys haven't checked that one out but we also got to interview the creator kari andrews on the show too nice and it's yeah, yeah Bro, check out that okay i've always wondered how their first name was said so thank you oh for sure yeah yeah no yeah <laughs> fucking great dude um uh i can't wait to meet him in person someday uh, maybe in new york or something but i uh, man this this movie like, well, the one th- the one negative thing I do have to point out a negative, and it's like such a negative I'm that punch like my screen. I'm, huh? I'm gonna punch my screen. I know, right? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> like the the only the complaint I have, and it's a complaint that like you really have to dig deep, and it doesn't affect fucking anything. Is that this movie leaves you worn out after watching it? Mm. Like I am, I saw it twice, and both times I was like, I was fucking fried. Like my eyes were fried. My like. My brain was like ready to explode each time. Like, but that's that's kind of what I want from something. I want it to be like when I leave a concert and I'm just like, holy fuck, dude. Like, I need a moment. Let, let's get home. I just want to chill. Like, I, I that blew me away. It's just such a gigantic, like, maximal expression of everything that they try to do mm-hmm. in there. They just go as big as they possibly can and as bold as they can. But they also maintain such a level of like nuance and keeping it they just keep the core still. So like you, you just are stay in it. It never gets lost in how big it is and, and what they're doing there. And yeah. And it's filled with like the same messages you get out of comics. You know what I mean? It, it, it represents why people like you and I love comics, why comics have oh. saved us and why they've carried us through. And then that's why some people like us get so fucking upset when something like Flashpoint comes out and you're just like, you guys are just everyone who watches it. And then all your coworkers that say like that, like that it sucked and con- they're fried out on comic book movies. And it's just like, I know it's because sometimes a lot of them are bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I straight up I've refunded my flash ticket for Thursday and I'm probably just going to go see this again. So 
that's where we're at. I did, I did remember something though that I wanted to mention that's related to the whole canon event things where it's also like a very big testament to the fact that we can't, we have a hard time imagining stories that aren't built on tragedy. Like all, Mm. all of those stories are like, no, the bad thing has to happen for them to be a good person, but it doesn't need to be that way. Really. We just, it's, that's just how we imagine stories rooted in our core in that sense. Yeah, Yeah. Which is really, I think fascinating. Um, but yeah, it, I just, I love this movie. This movie like immediately shot up to the top of like all of my lists. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, there's, I would love to see a Batman movie pulled off to this caliber. Well, I mean, the Batman is like probably the, one of like the highest, if not the highest mm-hmm. superhero movie I have on my list, um, especially live action wise. But yeah, into like this one definitely topped it for sure. Probably yeah. my top two would be this one and then the batman and then the first into the spider-verse you know what i mean like yeah so mine's difficult because i i can't say anything other than the dark knight but i have a lot of emotional like and nostalgic baggage like wrapped into that it's just not possible for me to say anything other than the dark knight but like aside from that this is probably definitely my like favorite comic book movie and like movie generally honestly automatically which i know is ridiculous ridiculous to say after two viewings but it's just so it oh yeah this is also and i said this to a friend this movie made me feel the way that i feel watching a new christopher nolan movie in theaters which for me personally is literally the highest praise that i can give like that is the best experience that i'm having of my life whenever i'm sitting there like locked in watching a new like nolan movie in the theater like i'm literally it doesn't get better than that for me and this movie gave me that feeling and so i just yeah it's it's amazing fuck yeah i mean with that I mean, I don't know how much I have left to say about this film other than just high praise. So yeah. maybe we'll cap it there. Um, fuck, man. Into the Spider-Verse. If you guys haven't watched it and you're this far into this episode, you go watch it twice. Go buy a showing for right now, tonight, and then buy one for like three days later. And then just like have it just bask in it. And you'll be blown away. I, I'm. That's why we had to do an episode on it because it was that good. You didn't see us covering any of these other fucking movies that have come out in the past <laughs> couple of years. Like... This this was the shit, um, and it's already surpassed what the first one made in total box office. Like, oh, which is you, awesome. People like you and me watching it twice, you know. <laughs> it also, um, yeah, it's just a testament to to how the good stuff always rises and gets, um, you know, enough attention because it's just good. It's a good thing. Yeah. Well, that's about it. So, Alex, thanks for hanging. Oh yeah. <laughs>